Good morning, Merge Church. Happy New Year. I hope you guys all had an amazing Christmas season. So a few weeks ago, we were sitting in staff meeting and we were talking through our sermons and our messages that were coming up and we saw on December 31st, New Year's Eve, Jacob had guest speaker. And we said, hey, Jacob, man, who are you going to get to come preach on New Year's Eve? And he said, I don't know. I'll make a few phone calls and I'll find somebody. So he called the funniest guy that he knew and they said no. And then he called the loudest and most charismatic person that he knows and they said no. And then he called someone that arguably has a better shoe game than him and they said <laughs> No, and then the fourth time he called me, I said, hey, uh, stop calling me. Uh, I will come up and bring the word to you this morning. All jokes aside, man, Jacob, I know I speak for everyone in this room today. We honor you. We love you. We're so thankful to call you our pastor. I have never been around someone who works so tirelessly for the reason of making heaven crowded. He works so hard and he loves you guys so much. And I'm so thankful that you responded with a yes to the calling of your life. We love you so much. Let's give Pastor Jacob some love this morning. And that is exactly what I want to talk to you about this morning. I've titled my message, The Power of Response. You see, the definition of response is very simple. It is a reaction to something. So there are times in our lives that we feel that the events of our lives... Got him. Let's try one thing. Trying some things here. (laughs) Trying some things here. This is live. Your head's not as big as his. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. I know. I've been there. I I get it. That fix it? That better? We good? Back on? We better? We good? We good? We good? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Kind of. I just won't move. You know what I mean? I like to move a lot, so this thing's not made for me, you know. Uh, Come on, come on. So if we look at the definition of response, it is a reaction to something. And there are times in our lives that we feel that the events of our lives actually determine the outcomes. Let me give you an illustration. So you wake up tomorrow, you're ready to go to work, wherever you have to go, your destination. You get in your car, you start driving to work, boom, flat tire get out of your car, trying to figure out how to change the flat tire, right? You start digging through your stuff, trying to find, is this jack actually made for my car or a Tonka toy? I don't know why everything's so hard, right? So unless you're my father-in-law who has more tools in his car than you have in your garage, you start, you're frustrated and you get angry, right? And so then you get the tire fixed and you start going to work and now you are late. And then you get behind this amazing person who has nowhere to go today. And they are in the left-hand lane, and they're driving 53 miles an hour next to a semi-truck. And you can't get around them, and you're white-knuckling, right? And you're, 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 you're frustrated at this point. And then 
The next thing that happens is it only happens to you is you hit every single red light known to man going to work. See, all of those things are out of your control, but what is in your control is how you respond. So we blame the the flat tire, we blame the red lights that we cannot change, but we can change our response. So this morning, I want to give you an equation that I think will help us study and understand this a little bit better. And it is E plus R equals O. And what that stands for is event plus response equals outcome. You see, the events that happen may be out of your control, but your response is not. So a few weeks ago, we were in the message series, the battlegrounds, and we learned that we have 60,000 thoughts per day. And so as I was studying this and preparing for this, I thought, well, how many reactions do we have? How many responses do we have in a single day? And study shows that we have 35,000 decisions each and every day that we get to make. So this morning, I want to illustrate through two sets of scriptures, the exact same event, two different responses that lead us to two different outcomes. The first one is in Genesis 3.1. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, if only, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. Everybody say convinced. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. You see, the event here was Adam and Eve were tempted by the enemy, and they responded in disobedience. They ate the fruit. So the outcome was sin and death entered the world. See, it was not the event. It was not the, um, The event that caused the outcome, it was the response by Adam and Eve. You see, so the temptation did not lead to that. E plus R equals O. The next set of scripture that I want to talk about is in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. And this is Jesus, and he is showing us how we should respond. So it says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus responded, No, the Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order the angels to protect you. 
and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded. The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to a peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Let us pray. God, I'm so thankful for your love that endures forever. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who gives us victory over sin, death, and darkness. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. It's in your mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Same event, different response, different outcome, right? Exact same event, but Jesus responded with scripture, so the outcome was then different. This morning, I want to tell you a story about a guy that I knew. So to tell you the story, I have to start from the very beginning. So he was brought up in a wonderful Christian home, and he had two absolutely amazing parents. Taught him right from wrong. His mother was a prayer warrior, and his father was full of wisdom and knowledge and taught him so many things. He was brought up in church. He was at church every time the doors were open. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday nights, they were there. They were part of a faith community. You see, he turned 18, and he was going to go off to college, and he was going to go start his career. See, church wasn't, at that point, he wasn't full of going back to church, and so he kind of left going and attending church, and he was going to go find his way in this world. You see, his father was his role model. He was his mentor, and they spoke regularly. He spoke life into him, and he loved him, and he used him to, to speak truth into, and he was the person in his life that he could always lean on. See, at 23, he's figuring out the world. He's working a little bit. He, he's been promoted a couple times, and he's, he's just trying to figure it out. At 23, he meets this girl. That's the love of his life, and he's, he's gonna ma- he wants to marry her, so he's asking his father advice on how to be a husband and how to continue his career and how to navigate this world. At 24, he gets married. And he's still trying to figure out this life. He's still navigating the world of going to school and and working all the time. And he is just going with the flow. At 25, he gets a phone call on a beautiful, beautiful Halloween day that his father was killed in an automobile accident. He was broke. He was shattered. His family was shattered. And what came next was broken anger, hurt that led into a life of self-destruction. You see, he 
did not know how to react, and he was blaming the fact that his earthly father was killed for the outcomes that his life was then turning into. He led into addiction and to self-destruction, and he was lost. He was a terrible son. He was a terrible husband, and he was a terrible friend. See, then ultimately, through this life, the enemy convinced him that God would not forgive him for his actions and that he was going to be unforgiven, and he had unforgiveness of himself, lost, hurt, sad, angry with God and with all the things around him. The enemy was using his lies and deception, controlling his thoughts, and therefore his reactions. He then hit rock bottom of his life. You see, he was in a war that he was not prepared for. He was not prepared for the enemy. And the enemy loves to isolate us, right, and make our struggles seem disproportionate to those around us. You may be sitting here this morning and thinking, man, Cody, you know a lot about this guy. I hope he's okay. I hope he, he made it through. And the answer is, is yes, I do know that guy very well because that guy was me. That is a story of my life. That is where I was at during this time. You see, I didn't have the it is written response in John 16, that says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You see, ultimately the reality is, is that you can control your choices and how you respond to everything, but you must have the correct habits built. So I had the power to respond to everything going on in my life, but the way I chose was the way of the flesh and not seeking my heavenly father. So now when I look back on my life and I see where my life changed, when I was at rock bottom, I had noticed and seen many people had come into my life and and had been inviting me to church. They could see the hurt and the pain that I was inflicting on myself and others, and I always responded with a no. I'm not going to go to church, and uh, my Heavenly Father doesn't love me, and I do not want to be part of that. And at that point, I had to make a decision. And it's when my decision, my response changed in my life is when my life began to change. So my sister who was in church, she came to me and she said, I'm not taking no for an answer. You are going to come to church to me. So I said yes. Um, Reluctantly, I went to church that morning to a church that I'd never been to before my life, and I wasn't going to church that often. And I can't tell you what they sang that morning, and I can't tell you what the message was, but I remember at the end... They had an altar call, and I'd never been part of that before in my life. And I don't know what it was, but they were talking about forgiveness. And I walked up that morning, and I fully surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And I said, I forgive myself 
will you forgive me, Jesus, for all that I've done? And I said it with my mouth, and I believed it in my heart. And at that moment, I could feel this peace that, that filled me, and it filled every part of my being. And so I remember calling Mindy, and I said, listen, we are going to go find a church to be part of, and I'm going to be the spiritual leader of our family. And so that is what we had to respond to do. So we went and we found a local church that we liked and, and started going to, and we knew then that not just going was going to be part of what we wanted to do. We needed to get involved. We needed a community. We needed a purpose. We needed something to be part of each and every week. So we started serving at this local church, and we got into a circle with people who could speak life into us and surrounded ourselves with people who loved us for who we were, and they were there for us through all the things that we were going to. You see, that's why I think the local church is so important, because even though I'm not part of that church, I'm so thankful for that church and those people that went there that came up that morning that didn't know me and didn't know that my life was in shambles, and they came up and they prayed for me, and they loved me for who I was, where I was at, and so it, it's, it's so important for us that we find that. That's why when COVID hit, and, and we, uh, the church that we were attending uh, was no longer going to be able to go together. And, and someone said, hey, you should try Merge Church. And we said, where's that at? And they said, I don't know, but you'll find it somewhere, right? I don't know where it's at. So uh, we, we said, we'll watch online for a few weeks and kind of, you know, check it out a little bit. So we watched online. I remember us saying, okay, we've got to get back in community in our life. That's when we're at our best as a married couple, and that's where we strive when we're seeking our Heavenly Father. So I remember the first time that I came to Merge Church, and I thought we passed it. I wasn't sure where it was at, and we pulled in, and went from the four-lane to the two-lane to the gravel parking lot. We parked around back, and I remember sitting in our car, and I looked at Mindy, and I said, hey, we're going to sit in the back and uh, we're not going to do anything here, right? We're going we're to sit in the back, don't talk to anybody, let's just kind of fill this thing out, right? And I remember coming in, and, and, and I don't remember the songs that morning, and I don't remember what Pastor Jacob preached, but I, what I do remember is the amount of people that greeted me as I walked in the door, and the amount of people that hugged me and gave me a high five and said, hey, we're so glad that you're here, we're so glad that you're part of this place, and I sit in the back, and and we got done that morning, and we filled, out that, we filled out the Connect card, and I said, hey, we're signing up to serve. And she said, we're doing what? And I said, we're signing up to serve, baby. This is it. This is where we're going to be at. I said, this is what we're going to call our home, and we're going to find community, and we're going to find purpose in this place. We're going to find our family here. We had a, I had to adopt a new mindset at that point, and God, our pen of trying to be you, have your will and your way in my life. So you see, how you respond to the event in your actions will become the outcome and at times snowball into the outcome of your day or your season. You see, Jesus shows us that he is the master of the R. Right? He has mastered the response. He is the master of responding. You can Go through all of the Gospels and see how Jesus responds in every situation. You and I, we must become a student of the R. We must become a student of the R. And if we want the outcomes of our life, marriage, relationships, and workplace, if they're not what we want, 
we have to evaluate how we are responding. So there are a couple ways this morning that I want us to talk about and challenge you. And my prayer is, is that in this new year, we begin to understand the power we hold in our responses. The first one is, is we must respond with a plan. So as I was preparing for this message and I was thinking through, man, it's New Year's Eve, talk about New Year's resolutions and talk about New Year, New Me, or, or talk about those things. And then I got to studying that 83% of New Year's resolutions actually fail by February 1st. By February 1st, New Year's resolutions actually fail 83% of the time. And the number one reason is, is they don't have a plan. Right? So, so there may be some Planet Fitnessers in here. So, so like, Planet Fitness is going to be packed the next three weeks. Right? It's going to be packed the next three weeks. But what happens is, is life gets in the way and you get busy and you don't have a plan that is repeatable and sustainable to be able to actually hit the goal that you are going for. I had a coach in high school that used to say this to the no end, and he would say, a failure to plan is a plan to fail, right? So you and I, we must have a plan to fight the enemy whose goal is to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. So we must have a spiritual plan in our lives. If you look at Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You see, there's two parts in this message, in the scripture. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he is done. You see, sometimes in our lives, we're pretty good at telling God what we think that we need. Uh, so we're pretty good at telling him for the things in our lives that we want him to do. But I'm going to ask you a question this morning, church. If you only had today what you thank God for yesterday, what would you have? We have to thank him for all that he has done in our lives and all the things that are around us because that is what he is asking us to do. The second piece of this is scripture. You see, Jesus responded in all of his responses to the enemy in scripture. Ephesians 6 says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We must have a spiritual plan to be able to know and understand how the enemy is trying to destroy our lives. God wants to be in relationship with him through prayer and through scripture, which is why we talk about taking our next step and being on a serve team and being in a circle and being around people so therefore you can grow in your spiritual journey. The next piece that we need to respond 
in 2024 is respond with the Holy Spirit. You see, you and I, as believers in Christ, have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Romans 8.11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. You see, the fruit will be the byproduct of your life surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. So me and Mindy have been married for 15 years now, and I can't remember one time that I've responded to her with love, joy, peace, or patience, that the outcome of that said conversation or event in our life was not of that. Now, I can tell you a few times that I have not responded with love, joy, peace, and patience, and I can tell you the outcomes of those conversations, right? So how I respond is the outcome that we get in that said event. So patience is not one that I like to talk about very much because I sometimes uh, lack in the patience category. So if you do that, can I encourage you, Come coach a six-year-old softball team, right? Come coach a softball team, and I promise you, you will have to find some patience because my daughter loves to play softball, but she likes to hit and she likes to eat snacks, <laughs> right? She likes to hit and she likes to hit, you know, eat snacks at the end. And so, so like, there's another part of this game, right? There's, like, this fielding part that she just has no part in. She'd much rather play in the dirt and not have to do anything else. And so, like, it, like I'm trying to teach her fundamentals of the game, and, and it is just if I respond with patience and joy and love, the outcome of our conversation is of those things, the fruit of the Spirit. If we want our outcome to change, I challenge you to see if you respond with love and joy and patience and kindness. I promise you, your outcomes in your life and your day-to-day will change. And the last piece that I want to talk about this morning is responding with gratitude. 1 Timothy 1.12, it says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He has considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. See, I love to watch sports. I, I have a couple sports teams that I, I root for, and, and I love to watch sporting events. And there's a time or two that I don't get to watch the game Live, I have to record the game to watch it later, right? So I record the game, and I always tell everyone around me, hey, don't tell me the score of the game. I'm recording it. I'm going to watch it later. And somehow someone either always tells me the score of the game or my phone goes off, and I think it's a text message, and it's the ESPN app telling me the final score of the game. So when I see that my team won, I still want to go home and watch the game. So I start watching the game, and can I tell you that when you know the outcome of the game, it's a whole lot easier to watch the game. 
right? It's a whole lot easier because I'm like, oh, Dak threw an interception. No big deal. We're going to win, right? Oh, we fumbled. We're going to win, right? Oh, the bad call by the referee. Doesn't matter. We are going to win because I already know the outcome of the game. Can I tell you some good news? You and I, as Christians, we know the outcome. Jesus came. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus died on a cross for you and for me. And on the third day, he rose again so you and I could have eternal life with him. We know the end of the game. We have the entire story right in front of us. It's the most extraordinary E plus R equals O story that I've ever known. The event was there was this lost and dying world. So God responded with Jesus. And the outcome is that we get to have eternity with him. We know the end of the story. John 3.16 says it best. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. You see, you and I, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from a place of victory. And can I tell you, I I heard this uh, a few weeks ago and I put it in my phone and I've said it to myself every single morning. Pastor Gabe George says it so well. He says, I would much rather walk through a valley with him than be on a mountaintop without him. I would much rather be in a valley with him than be on a mountaintop without him. So whether 2023 has been a year of peace or you're in pieces, can I tell you that God loves you and God wants to be in relationship with you? He wants your full heart. He wants you to surrender to him no matter what is going on in and around your life. So this morning, we're gonna end a little bit different than what we normally end. We're gonna end with a song of gratitude. And we want to be at a place this morning as a church that whether you're at peace or in pieces, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to agree with you in prayer. And we would love to walk with you in this community. You see, the the first E in merge stands for enter into real relationships. And the last E in merge stands for everyone, everywhere. We love you and we're so glad to be in community with you. So let's stand this morning as Pastor Sean sings this out and let's praise him for all that he's done in our life. We serve such a good, good Father.
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done and all the lives that are changing because of you. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who came and died on the cross for us. We honor you. We worship you in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.